0: Okay. I just want to mention, too, that um, if some of you were here uh, hoping to see Eric or Bob teach Sunday school, I apologize for that. Um, Eric had asked a couple weeks ago if, if I wouldn't mind doing this because he, he had to take care of some things, uh, I I believe, for his cabin and things like that before the snow starts flying. So that's why I'm here today. Um, and I this is a collaborative... To the effort, and I want if uh, participation by you would be very, very good. So we encourage that. Um, I'm also here with Sean and Peter, and the three of us uh, we're in the Roman Catholic system, and so we have that in common. Um, I also want to thank Christy for putting together this PowerPoint, and then also the the handouts that you have. She 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 does it in a. Uh, quick manner, and she's very professional and very patient. So I, I thank Christy for that. Um, and we'll also have Bob will be returning. He's our resident theologian and teacher, as you know. And I, um, we may have to go to him quite a bit. So don't go too far, Bob. Be right back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I know Bob already prayed, but I just want to pray, Heavenly Father. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this fellowship. Uh, where the gospel is clearly uh, proclaimed. I thank you for the Roman Catholics that are in my life, and I pray, Lord, that the the truth of the gospel uh, come to them and open their eyes, that the scales will fall off, and, Lord, that they will believe in you, that it's only through grace alone, through Christ alone, that we are saved. And I dedicate this whole hour, Lord, to your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, before we get started, I just w- the three of us just talked about uh, possibly just giving a quick testimony of how we, you know, uh, about our Roman Catholicism and coming out of that system. Um, and I'll, I'll go first with that. But uh, for me, I grew up in a, a suburban family, uh, affluent for the most part. We had a, a good life. I had really loving parents. I... I, I I just had a wonderful childhood, so I have nothing negative to say on that. Um, we lived fairly close to the Catholic Church across the street, and so you know, we'd, my dad had a lot to do with the Catholic Church as far as in his lay position. He he would be a lector. He would he would work in the finance department and that type of thing. Um, the thing I remember the most about uh, my early years in Catholicism was um, I, I had to serve. I, I was an altar boy, and I would serve with, um, there'd be some, some retired priests that would come in, and you'd have to serve with them, and nobody liked serving with this one particular priest. His name was uh, Monsignor O'Donnell. To give you an idea of him, he had a, a patch over his eye, and he was really, really gruff, and he was, if you, if you messed up when you were serving, he, he'd be known to, you know, he wouldn't slap you, but he'd, he'd come close to... <laughs> To knocking you off your feet if you did something wrong. So it was kind of uh, one of those funny things I remember, and I didn't have any trouble with any priest. In a, you know, in some of the scandals that we hear, there was nothing like that in our family. But the other thing I remember too is growing up. Uh, for me, was what happened. The, the mass itself did not interest me that much. I was, you know, kind of oblivious to it. But the thing that I remember the most about Sundays was what happened afterwards. We'd go to Mr. Donut and get fresh donuts. <laughs> so that was the greatest part of Sundays for me growing up. And then, anyway, as I grew up, you know, my wife and I got married in the Catholic Church. And, um, but it was shortly after getting married that I saw a video or it was a recording of a uh, papal coronation. And I'm sure most of you have seen papal coronations um, you know, we've had quite a few popes recently, so it's uh, we've had a chance to see that you know ad nauseum on the TV. And um, but back then, before um, before uh, you know coming to, to Christ, um, I do remember just watching one of these ceremonies and how, how how really terrible in my mind it was. And it was right after Easter too. It was uh, this pomp and ceremony of all these guys coming up to, to the Pope uh, after he was coronated. He had this big tiara crown on his head and how uh, they would bow down and kiss his ring. And, and I, I just remember, you know, we just, we just experienced Easter, um, you know, with Christ being crucified in the crown of thorns, and it just, something didn't jive there. So that was the beginning of, of my coming out of Catholicism. And uh, anyway, Uh, it's not like I hated, I didn't, I, I didn't know Christ, but it's, it was something where I, um, you know, I had all these, I had the good life, I had a family with, you know, four kids, they all went to Catholic high school, and and it's just this, you know, this, kind of this, it wasn't perfect life, but it was just a, just a real comfortable life, and, but I knew there was something missing, and it was Christ. And it wasn't just Christ was the topping on the cake; it was he was everything. And uh, so, anyway, uh, to make a long story short, I, I came out. It's been about 14 years, but being in the Catholic system, it's hard. It's hard to to totally drop it. And some of the guys that I've 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 really respect, Mike Gendron and. Um, uh, um, Richard Bennett, who is a former priest, uh, they have some wonderful testimonies, and I encourage you guys to, to listen and to read some of their books. Um, they have a similar experience. It's it's not a not all the time. It's it should have been an open and shut case where I, I got out of there and I didn't go back, but it didn't happen that way. And I praise God for His patience. And uh, anyway, that's my my testimony. Don't you guys to go ahead.
1: No, no. I'll go um, I uh, was raised in the Catholic Church uh, I went to Catholic grade school for first and second grade um, what I remember most about first grade was sister Eileen Rose who could throw an eraser from 30 feet and donk ya right in the, right in the head um, I, I, I'm a little bit older so I, I do remember the Latin mass And as as a youngster, all I understood was when Mom put on her gloves, we were almost done. Um, (laughs) It's true. Uh, I I went to uh, I did go to St. John's University. Uh, I was involved in uh, although I I had my questions, especially about confession. Prior to that, Um, I was involved in the church, and and uh, you know it it was. I look back on it now, and it was it was kind of superficial, but that's my opinion. No disrespect. That's just my opinion, and everything that you hear from me will just be my opinion. I don't mean to offend anybody. Um, And then, uh, I guess, you know, my parents staunch practicing Catholics. Um, My dad would not be in my wedding uh, to my wonderful bride Celeste because we were not getting married in the Catholic Church. Um, that was hurtful, but it was also his decision, his right to, to make that, that decision. And, um, Celeste and I were, you know, involved in the, in the Lutheran church and, and I learned a lot from her mom and dad, fabulous people, um, wonderful, godly people. Um, and we began, uh, attending a, a, a Baptist church in Burnsville, uh, learned a lot, uh, but I really came to Christ uh, after going to a Promise Keepers conference. It kind of clicked for me. Um, and and that's, that's when I felt uh, uh, moved to completely uh, go in another direction. And um, I'm very thankful for, for the strength of my, my wife, uh, especially, and, and her family, who have always been very, very uh, uh, Christ-centered. That's all I have.
2: Sean Coy, by the way. Um, (laughs) Peter William here. And uh, like uh, Sean, uh, I went to St. John's. Actually, I was there yesterday for homecoming. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I... I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic schools all but one year, and then even attended St. John's for four and a half years. I tried to stretch it out into a five-year program. But uh, huh. anyway, beyond that, I remember I used to go to OLG, Our Lady of Grace, and I used to go to St. Pat's Church right here down the street. And I remember coming to church and, uh, gosh, I would come to church and I would you know go through the Mass, the service, And uh, I wasn't saved then. I'm convinced of that now. But I remember being about 30 years old. And I remember they did something different that was unique. They had a polka mass. And I said, wow, uh, this is different. But even beyond that, there was a a calling in me. I knew there had to be more. And uh, so I I think God called me out of the Catholic Church and asked me to investigate. So. I said, well, first of all, if I'm going to be a Catholic, I better know what one is. You know, I mean, I know Catholic now means universal. I never knew that until about 30 years old, but this is the Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is, in some respects, their Bible. And uh, took a class on that, and then I took multiple classes, uh, not only on this, but also started to take Bible studies down at St. Olaf downtown. They would have Bible studies, and they had... Father for Liddy and Zanoni, um, Doctor Arzynoni, and, and so I just I, I started to see differences in this versus you know the gospel, the Bible, and you know I would I would ask the priests, um, you know things like, well, uh, you know, what's with all these rules and regulations? You know, isn't that what Jesus got after the Sadducees and the Pharisees for and you know it was almost embarrassing because you could hear a pin drop when I'd ask these questions and why can't women be priests and you know obviously with some of my liberal leanings at the time and you know he he never really had an answer he said hey why don't you come up for a drink after class and we'll talk about it (laughs) like whoa Uh, I was not an altar boy and it was not I felt no, you know, I had three brothers that were altar boys. And um, uh, so uh, for whatever reason, I resisted. And, you know, I certainly learned fear and guilt. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. as far as my upbringing, yep. both in the schools, you know, sister, I had Sister Conrada. She had a switch with a little rubber donger on the end. Oh. <laughs> but we all have those relationships. But, I mean, you, you, you learned accountability And for that, some of that, certainly grateful. Um, Beyond that, we went to, Christy and I started dating. And we went to a number of churches. And we, excuse me, (coughs) we went to seeker churches. We went to emergent churches, and then finally we went to TCF. I heard Bob speak, and I came out of that service, and I said, that's the best homily I've ever heard. And we never left. So, So for the last 10 or 15 years as we pursued our faith, you know i 'm grateful for what i 've learned, and I think you guys would both agree we 're really concerned about our Catholic brothers because they there 's almost and i don 't mean this uh, in a mean way, but there 's a an arrogance or a pride associated with being chosen, whether you know you have Jewish blood. No offense to anyone that has Jewish blood. Or you belong to the one true church. You know, there's a there's sufficiency in that. And then when you finally realize there's a difference, it really concerns you. And so you make changes. So I'm grateful for that. My wife is very instrumental in challenging me in that because I know I used to mock, you know, the Bible to some extent in... You know, Bible bangers, born again, you've heard the terms. Those of you who are Catholic or even non-Catholic, you know, you've heard the terms. Uh, You know, it isn't all doom and gloom. I mean, I remember going to (laughs) to a play called The Late Night Catechism at the Ordway, and I remember somebody asking about if Protestants could go to heaven. And uh, I remember the nun actress that said... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, we worked it out in Vatican II, but the Protestants, they get the cheap seats up and back. <laughs> and so, oh, anyway, there were a lot of things that you became aware of, uh, and but most of it, ultimately, it came from studying the Word of God. Amen. And Amen. so, anyway, that was probably a lot longer than no, anticipated, but
0: you go right ahead. No, that's, I, there's a good example of the power of the system. It's it's pretty emotional um, Anyways, analyzing the Roman Catholic system in an hour is not going to be Well, now it's uh, 40 minutes It's not going to happen Uh, We'll do our best And basically, as we go forward We're going to be comparing biblical With with, uh, what Roman Catholic uh, theology teaches And again, we're doing this out of love, it's not a, um, I got a lot of family members still in the system, and it, it's, it's something that, you know, it's very important that we do things in an honest and um, compassionate and loving way, but also we have to be bold and courageous. The gospel is what it is. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with Eric talking about, you know, the 70th week of Daniel, all these things in this church that we talk about, I think there's a, a certain urgency that we have to have to to get the message of the gospel out to people. Because I think the church at large has not done a real good job. I think it's a lot. There's a lot of fuzzy lines and uh, the, the what what is the gospel? What is the church? I, all these questions I ha- I've had, and I, I'm so thankful for Bob and Eric for you know for really being good teachers and for for getting us. To know what God has said. And, and so um, with that said, let me just, I want to give you a few quotes from John MacArthur that before, and then we'll have to get cruising on this. Uh, we got 35 slides, which we'll never get to, but uh, uh, here's one. With over 1 million, 1 billion Catholics in the world and a growing ecumenical movement to unite, oh, actually this is from Mike Gendron, I'm sorry, to, and a growing ecumenical movement to unite all religions under the power and influence of the Pope. The truth about Roman Catholicism must be told. The precious souls who are blinded by religious deception must, must obey the first command of Jesus, repent and believe the gospel. And from MacArthur, there are many religions in the world who promise heaven and do not deliver it. Many religions in the world that are satanic deceptions. All of them, in fact, but the true faith and the true gospel fall into that category. Roman Catholicism belongs in the category of false religions clearly, not because of what I say, again, this is MacArthur, about them, but because what they say about the Bible, what they say about the gospel, and what they say about religion. All one needs to do to understand a false religion is to see what they believe and understand what they advocate, and they can be measured against the word of God so that we can clearly understand that. Today, there's a very, very aggressive and concerted effort among evangelical people so many of whom don't know the true gospel, not just Roman Catholics, but also Protestants, to embrace Roman Catholicism as if it is a true religion. Unquote. That's from MacArthur. I'm going to give you a couple more and then we'll get going. MacArthur again. And it's important for us to understand what it is that Roman Catholic theology teaches and what it is that Catholics believe and advocate It's important for a number of reasons. The first and foremost reason that presents itself to me in this day is that evangelicalism is in a big hurry to redefine Catholic people as brothers and sisters in Christ. There is an eagerness to accept them because they talk about God and Christ and the Holy Spirit and the cross and the resurrection and even the Scripture. It is wishful thinking, however, to assume that people in the Roman Catholic Church are genuine Christians. In order to be genuine Christians, they would have to believe something other than Roman Catholic theology. Now, I have a little bit of a, that's the end quote from MacArthur, but uh, I do believe there are Christians in the Catholic system, um, and I I think MacArthur would too, in, in the fact that they're on their way out. If they truly understand the gospel, they'll be on their way out. So finally, just one one more uh, paragraph on MacArthur. In the long war on the truth, the most formidable, relentless, and deceptive enemy has been Roman Catholicism. It is an apostate, corrupt, heretical, false Christianity. It is an affront for the kingdom of Satan. The true church of the Lord Jesus Christ has always understood this. Those are powerful words, um, but they need to be said. Um, the, The title of this is obviously we're comparing Roman Catholicism with, with biblical Christianity. Um, and again, our, our, our goal in this is to just show the differences and also to be loving and compassionate to, to, get, them, uh, to get Catholics to come out of the system. Uh, but we need to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. And I, I think we see that in this church and I, I, uh, this fellowship, and I, I so appreciate that. Um, oh, my little clicker is just not working, but that's okay. Okay, this is another. I'm quoting MacArthur a lot. I, I apologize, but the, um, and as you follow along on the on the PowerPoint, that'll uh, we can kind of get through some of these fairly quickly, but. I do like this, and Bob had recommended his book, and I, I had read that book before, *The Truth War*, um, by MacArthur. And it, uh, the whole book has got just some excellent, um, excellent things about the battle for the truth, and and how that battle has has been going on for centuries. And it's not like we're some unique um, spot in history. It's it's a it's been a continual battle for the truth of the gospel, and I, I can see it in today's world, and in you know in because when i think of the catholic church you know uh, as as it's presented to the world that's what the world thinks christianity is you know when you when you have a celebration of easter or christmas what's the first thing you see on the news you see the pope celebrating hold, holding the, the the host in the air and you know and everybody says the christian blah 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 and then they go on and say this is what the christians do you know and we know that's false but but we put up with it. I mean, you, you can say what all you want. It's not like, um, like we're going to somehow change Fox News or, you know, any of the other network news channels. Um, they're going to continue doing what they do. Um, so, again, the Roman Catholic Church was, uh, has been identified with Christianity because of these things, and these are all true, the deity of Christ, the triune God, the virgin birth, the bodily resurrection and and return of Christ to the earth. But, however, these are are things that make it another gospel. And this is why it's it's really tempting to think that we can somehow get along with this system because they do these things up on top. But if they don't do the things on the bottom, it's another gospel and we shouldn't have nothing to do with them. I mean, we... (laughs) I, we work with them. I work with Catholics. I work with, you know, my family. I live with them. Um, it's it's so we, we get we we're in the world with them, but we have to evangelize them. We can't we can't make it sound like um, oh you know you believe what you believe and I believe what I believe and let's just all get along. Well, we do want to get along to to get through the daily uh, grind of life, but um, we're not we cannot compromise the gospel. And I'm finding that more and more. As I learn more about the gospel from Bob and Eric and, and people here um, and again there's a lot of Roman Catholics and I, I was definitely in this category um, i'm just I'm just doing what was always been done tradition uh, you know the just everything is i I was just you know this is what I thought Christianity was it was just passing on what's been taught to me and I think a lot of um, a lot of, I'd say, the, the great majority of Catholics fall into this. Um, I do remember growing up, we did have a, uh, or when the kids were in school and stuff like that, there, and my kids all went to Catholic schools, and there was this, you know, we, they sent, we sent them to a, a pretty traditional Catholic, um, kind of the, the pre-Vatican II type Catholic school, which basically meant you adhered to what the Council of Trent you know the Latin masses and all this kind of stuff and and we were considered the true Catholics, you know, and then there was the other ones, like Saint Joan of Arc down oh, they were really you know off the charts, liberal and stuff like that, so there was that that you know the true Catholics versus the ecumenical Catholics and all this stuff and and I see that going on today still so it's it's uh, it hasn 't gone away but um and I won't spend a lot of time on this, but the, the history of Catholicism is, is quite interesting. They have, they have their history, and then I think there's the true history that, that basically um, refutes some of this. And here's another thing, too, is if you get into debates with Catholics, the, the ones that care enough to debate you, um, you're going to find... You get down a lot of bunny trails, a lot of things that you know. Like mm-hmm. the Pope is the the. I, I'm not saying this is a bunny trail that's bad, but it's it's like the Pope is the rock on which the church is built. You know, you can go to great lengths, spend hours and hours and hours discussing it. At the end of the day, you're not going to. They won't listen to you. I don't know, Mike, if you experience that too. You know, it's like.
1: Yeah, I, I would like to add. This is a personal thing. I had a long conversation of, uh, about a verse in. in In the Bible, um, being born again, and the 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 defensive mechanism is, and this has happened twice. I was born once. I don't need to be born again. So, the understanding just isn't there. Just make them bad, but they don't understand. Uh, Yeah, that's the trail that I, I I think he refers to.
0: Right. Right, so, so it's just one of those things that um, got to get to the important matters sometimes. And sometimes there's a time and place for for debate on on a lot of different things. But I guess going back to that sense of urgency, what's important to discuss, and you know what uh, what really doesn't. I mean, a lot of times it's like my close relatives and I will will debate. And it's gotten to the point where we don't even bring it up anymore, which is kind of sad, but it's like um you know well who you know who's the winner of the debate it's it's It shouldn't be about that about who's the winner and who's the loser and who's 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 going to go to bed thinking you know what I got him on that one, <laughs> I got him on that one he's and then the next day you'd argue about something else and and it's as Bob and Erica said, it's all about the gospel. It's all about Christ. We can't forget that. It's it's not about winning debates, right. although it's nice to win them sometimes. <laughs> um, Question. Oh, I'm sorry. Could you
3: elaborate on compromising the gospel?
0: Well, my thought of compromising the gospel is 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 basically you know, not uh, not giving up what the what the gospel is in order to get along with somebody. Like, let's say, um, you know, Rome would like us to to you know be united with them and and do things together with them, and uh, and go forward in spiritual enterprises. I don't think that that's that's not something we're supposed to do because they have a different gospel. It's a, it's a, I guess it's the, it's the definition of what is the gospel and what isn't. And, and being true to what the gospel is, and not and not uniting in efforts with people that have a false gospel, I, I, that probably doesn't answer. I don't know if do you guys have. A-
2: I would just say an example, and we're we're coming to that in the presentation. But one example would be, you know, justification. Well, in the Catholic Church, there really is no assurance. <laughs> That's anathematized. Uh, so that would just be one example. Uh- Versus the gospel of grace, you know, by grace you are saved through faith. And so I'm just giving you one example, but we're going to address a number of those issues in the PowerPoint.
0: But that would be one example. Okay. Um, these, are, these are just some common terms. We won't spend a lot of time, but the Catholic Bible is bigger than ours. It's got the Apocrypha. Um, and not all 15 of the writings are in there. There's, yeah, there's 12 of them that are inspired and added to the Catholic canon. And they, they officially added them in uh, the Council of Trent, uh, which is in the 1500s, which was basically a counter-Reformation council. They, if you want to know a lot about what Catholicism believes and what the Reformers believe, go to the Council of Trent, because there's a lot of clarity there that, that helps you to know what what it is that the Catholic Church teaches and how it opposes the gospel. Um, apparition, that's just basically, in, uh, it's, it's Mary, you know, appearing at all sorts of different places around the world. Um, it's a demonic. Um, you know, my mother's been uh, to Lourdes, France, gotten the holy water, all this kind of stuff, but it's, um, it's anyways, it, it's It's something that's interesting to look at but uh, to, to to explore but it's it's got a lot of Catholics um, um, fooled in, in my mind so um, the Eucharist this is obviously the wafer that's that's hold, held up as to contain the body soul blood and divinity of Jesus Christ and is to be worshipped and consumed and sacrificed that's why when you go into a Catholic church you uh, if you're Catholic, you genuflect in front of the tabernacle because that's where the, the tabernacle is behind the altar normally, and that's where uh, Jesus is uh, supposedly contained. And so you bow down to that, and it's, it's idolatry.
2: By, by Catholic tradition referred to as transubstantiation?
0: Right. That's okay. what ca- causes the bread and wine to turn into. And that will come up here, too. I think that's part of the... Terms um, indulgences. This is a big part of why Rome uh, or why Martin Luther uh, nailed his theses to the to the door of Wittenberg in 1517, almost 500 years ago. Um, indulgences. You can see the definition there. Hey Dan, just oh yeah. oh, interject sorry. right oh, yeah. here. Oh, yes. Sorry, I thought you were no. done.
4: Um, I just wanted to add a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark and I were raised in the Roman Catholic system, went to all Catholic schools, sent Mm -hmm. our kids to Catholic schools. We weren't saved till almost 50. Mm -hmm. We were a little slow, (laughs) understanding. (laughs) (laughs) But um, just back on your last slide, I just wanted to point out where, you know, the Bible is all about worshiping in spirit and truth. And I don't know if you noticed, but apparitions, Eucharist, those kinds of things are visual. They're Mm -hmm. sensory. Um, So in... What the Catholic Church promotes or uses for people are things you can see and touch and feel as opposed to um, what you, you know, standing on the promises of God and his word that is believing what you can't see. It's believing God and the truth of what he says as opposed to something you can see. And that's... um, you'll see that over and over again right. in the Catholic system. Right. And people, like you said, it's hard to break them from that because they will always point to that. But I saw this, I can see this, I can right. touch this, I can feel this, as opposed to, it's a whole different authority than what God has shared and believing him for who he is and what he said. Right. So, And I just wanted to make another little comment. It's probably not important, but I, we can relate, obviously, to everything yeah. you're saying, but... Um, back to the point about born again Sean when I got saved I had no concept of what born again was Um, so I had no idea what had happened um, because Catholics are taught the born again comes at infant baptism
5: right
4: so it took me about eight or nine months to even understand what had transpired and I didn't know anybody who could explain it to me so there's just a complete misunderstanding or a lack of even a, that concept. Mm-hmm. They don't get that right, at all. Yeah, right. And I just wanted to share a Spurgeon quote that came up when you were talking about early on discernment. Mm-hmm. Is I think his quote is something about you know discernment is not about understanding the difference between what is obviously right and wrong. It's the difference between understanding what is right and almost right, or true and almost true. Yep. And Catholicism falls in here. So to the fellow's question back here about um, what is a compromise on the gospel, it's about you know uniting on something way up here rather than looking at the details because you know the, the quote, the devil yeah. is in the details. Right. It is, in this case, very clear. They look very similar if you have them at the 50,000 foot level. But when it comes down to Christ, who he is and what he did—that's where the difference is, and um, they, it basically is a different Christ with a different work. And um, yes. so I'll let you talk. That's
0: to him. very good. That's accepting what's almost true is what you're saying, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh,
5: just a comment. I grew up in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, and uh, I was kind of picked on. I was just a little kid, and uh, most of my friends. There was two Catholic high schools in Robbinsville. We're Catholic, and uh, they were surrounding me. I was kind of a poor brother because I was a Lutheran. But uh, it was a club, and uh, it was visual, and it was tactile, and I really appreciate the Catholic people because they were brother-in-arms. Mm-hmm. The rest of the society was one at a time. Yeah. The Catholic is a club. Right. And I really accepted that because I was very tactical at that time. You know, as a kid. Right. As I grew up, I started realizing, just like everybody here, that there's something more than just touchy-feely. There's Christ. And that's what I found, and it saved my life, and you are my brothers now.
0: Amen. That's good. Thank you. Um, okay, so we'll go forward here. Um, this Invaluable Teachings is... Um, it, as people that not if you're not part of the Roman Catholic system, the power in the system is the papacy and um, and it's you know in conjunction with the church, which is the uh, the physical establishment set up in Rome it's all about you know that that's where the power base is and if you get to study at all church history, you'll find that that is what, where a lot of conflicts have come from, is this power-hungry, and it, believe me, it's very deceptive sometimes. In fact, the current pope we have right now, Francis, is a very likable type guy, as was John Paul II. Um, very likable and very, you know... Um, Seems like, especially Francis, is for the common person and uh, that type of thing. But you just got to be careful. You got to be warned that he is a Jesuit and he's very. Um, uh, the, 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 I guess the best way that I can think of is he accepts the title Holy Father. That's all you need to know. So, um, the papacy is a, is a is a is an institution that has um, made a comeback. Um, and it's it's uh, it, it's just it's it's an amazing study. If you if you have a chance, also you can go listen to Macarthur's um, sermon on the Pope and the Papacy. It's it's outstanding, and it was done shortly after John Paul II was uh, was had died. Um, okay, the Mass is this, you know. And we'll learn more about that as we go, but that's uh, you kind of see that on your on your handout what it is.
2: Say, Dan, yeah. just to interrupt, the references here uh, on Dan's presentation are in the new Catechism of the Catholic Church, so that's what the references
0: are. Right. The numbers. And it's really easy to find, yeah, because it's real organized as far as yeah, just look up that number and there you are. Immortal um, okay, sin and and penance, you know, these are things that. Um, as we go forward, we'll see that there's there's different levels of sin within Catholicism, and you can we know as a church that all sin is an affront and is is enough to damn anyone to hell without the uh, the forgiveness that we find in Christ. But uh, Catholics have a kind of a system set up to where one sin's not quite as as bad as the other, and you can. You know that's what the confessional is for and and uh, this this whole uh, sacrament of uh, penance and that type of thing um, purgatory that's another another real hot button that uh, that we could spend a lot of time on, but it's basically Christ's sacrifice on the cross wasn't enough, so if you die with any uh, sins that aren't mortal. If you die with mortal sin, you go to hell, in the Catholic system. But if you die with like these, as we'll come up to the venial sins or you know sins of less significance, you can have them purged uh, in purgatory, and you can also have uh, people on earth say uh, do indulgences for you to get your time in purgatory shut, uh, uh, sh- uh, shortened, and it is it's very very evil. It's a this, when you look at St. Peter, that's kind of why it is the way it is, so how beautiful. A lot of people paid a lot of money to get their their friends out of uh, purgatory early. <laughs> and it's all, a, it's all a satanic lie, as we know. I would say, uh, likened to that, again,
2: St. John's and their football, I would say purgatory is kind of like a holding tank, and you can pray them over the gold line, you know, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the sacraments, we can go over that. Um, uh, here's the venial sin, it's a sin that merits only temporal punishment and does not deprive the sinner of grace, friendship with God, or eternal happiness. So um, so I, I think a good question to ask someone in the Roman Catholic system, if you found out that you know, the teachings of Rome and the Bible conflicted, who would you believe? Who's your, what's your authority? Uh, that's a huge thing is the authority, who is the authority? these are debates I've gotten into with with family members, is scripture has to be our ultimate authority. If it's not, you know, this is what you get. This is what you get. You get, um, uh, you know, I won't even go down the road, but it's just, it's um, sola scriptura has been proclaimed by Bob and everybody else is key to, to, to know what God has said. I mean, how else are we going to know what God has said? And these oral traditions that supposedly have passed down through the, through the um, you know, apostolic succession and all that, uh, and somehow, like even, for instance, back in the 1800s is when they determined that Mary was born immaculately conceived. You know, she was born without sin, according to Rome. And that was a dogma that was proclaimed infallibly by the Pope, and we're supposed to believe that. Again, this is another gospel. It's another gospel because they add to God's word. Um, so again, the authority, we were just talking about that. Um, the church, I, know, I always get the question, well, well Dad, who, who, uh, who gave us the Bible? Oh, it was the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church gave us the Bible. Some council in the three hundred somehow gave it to us. I, I said, no. The scriptures are from, from God. And they were as soon as they were written, they were scripture. It didn't take a, a, a council in the 300s to say, yeah, that's scripture. It was scripture when God gave it to us. So anyway, that's another one of those bunny trails you can get down and, and you get bogged down um, into some debates that can go on for hours. And a lot of times I can't get past this because if they don't accept the scriptures as our supreme authority, I don't know what else to do. I don't know where else to turn. So you, it's, a, it's a tough thing, and it's, that's where the Holy Spirit, I mean, in all of this, the Holy Spirit's got to work on the person. And it's, it's, I'm not going to argue somebody into the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's, you can ask him. Um, justification is a huge issue, and that's, that was a huge issue with Luther and with the, the reformers. Um, how do we, How do we stand in a right position with God? We know what it is. it's through Christ and Christ alone his imputed righteousness comes into our hearts. say hey Dan yeah uh, another
2: I don't know if anyone has seen the movie Luther, but it had a big impact on me um, because of well, if I'm not mistaken, Luther was in a monastery, yeah mm-hmm. he was Catholic or mm-hmm. yep. in the process of Uh, his walk in Catholicism Mm -hmm. and he tried everything possible to mortify himself, even physically abusing himself to expunge himself of
0: sin. Yep. Exactly. And I'm sure, I'm sure he came to that conclusion. Exactly. He Um, did all that to himself and he he couldn't, he still wasn't justified. He knew it in his heart and that's, you know, that's grace. Exactly. Um, um, so we talked about this, the, the baptism. Uh, the Catholic Church teaches that we are born again as, as infants, or whenever you're baptized in the Catholic Church, you are just, just by the process, by the, the words that the priest... That's why priests are so important in the Catholic system, because basically they're channels that God uses to, to bestow his grace on, on us poor lay people that that is that's why you have these issues with with priests being so um, revered and so uh, you know nobody wants to upset the the local priest we We ran into this time and time again with issues that we knew this this guy wasn't doing something right I'm not going to get into the details there was We never had a huge issue, you know criminal type things but just as a, in a managerial thing, I, I was thinking to myself, if I did this at my job, I'd be fired. But you could never, you, you would go up the, the ladders, you'd talk to the trustees of the church, and you'd even meet with, the, we even met with the archbishop one time. It was Archbishop Flynn, my wife and I, about an issue. And, and oh, you know, he's, yeah, yes, I understand, yes, I understand. Nothing ever happened. And it's, it, You guys that are in the Catholic system, if you ever had an issue You'll know what I'm talking about because it's it's impossible. I don't know.
2: You have something? No. I was just going to say that in the Catholic system, they're set up as intermediaries, mm-hmm. and we, we have one intermediary. You know, it's Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's if you're in the system, that's what you come to understand. Yeah. They act on our behalf, or we act right. through
1: them
0: through the right. priests. right?
1: In in with and infallibility, Mary is a big thing. Yep. Yeah.
0: What's it, okay. John?
1: Would you say? I just said, and their word is is infallible.
0: It's it is. Right. I mean, they. The, yeah. You don't. You don't want to. You know. They want to mess with upset the, the, the apple applecart. Yeah. So exactly. To speak. That's what it is. Um, again, we all know this. I hope some here know it. Most everyone knows it that we're saved by God's unmerited grace. Um, Catholicism talks about the meriting; it's it's grace plus. I always like to think of Catholicism as is the uh, Jesus plus religion. You have Jesus plus 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 plus, and it's it's always something else. And like Sean and Peter have said too, it's it's the guilt; it's the Catholic guilt. You're not doing enough. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. You know, and it's uh, it's 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 continual. It's continual, and they. They stay in business that way.
2: Another term for it would be bondage. We were in bondage to the church.
0: You know, and it, I, I I, always like Bob's... Um, in fact, if you guys go to the Critical Issues website and listen to last Monday's uh, uh, talk about uh, Galatians 5, verse 8, um, about the... Uh, does somebody have a Bible here? They could read that for me. Contrive, <laughs> Yes, that was that long necker, right? The, or the, yeah. the, the guy, the, yeah. the contrived persuasiveness. In other words, you know, who convinced you to go back to this, to this um, who persuaded you to go back to the system of, of Moses, to the law work system? You know, he, this is Paul talking to the Galatians, but it's like that's exactly what Rome does. They're the granddaddy of that. The, they are the granddaddy of that. They, they want you to go back... To all of these different regulations, uh, in order to be justified before God, and it's not true. I, the uh, Galatians 5:8. Uh, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Amen. That's exactly it. And that is such a wonderful. Uh, that was a, That's a shameless plug. I'm sorry, Bob, but it's uh, it's good. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So let's go on. We're almost halfway through. Oops. <laughs> um, We're going to get two out of this. Yeah, I know. So this was kind of funny. I uh, Wait, maybe it was the previous one. I had, I had sent something over to Christy, and, oh, yeah, it was the, the Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and I, I said, for it, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this from yourselves. I forgot the word not when I sent it over. <laughs> and it's, a, it's an amazing thing what one word... Peter's the one that caught it. Thanks, you had the Catholic mind going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was pretty funny, but uh, that's, that's exactly it. Um, but we're saved for good works. We're not saved by good works. There's, those two words make a big difference. And, um, again, I thank God for, for his grace to take the scales off my eyes that, I, that something that simple can make all the difference you know so um this is basically you know you can never be sure of your salvation in the catholic system i've even had debates on this where you know if if you would happen to look at a woman at a bus stop lustfully and you stepped out and you got hit by a bus even though you had just gone to confession maybe uh you know like 10 minutes before what's going to happen to you you're not gonna make it (laughs) that's what they said I mean I don't know how accurate that is to Catholic teaching but that's that's the system that's what we're talking about okay this is a big one Catholicism teaches salvation is offered through the church and we know better it's through Christ it's basing itself on Scripture and tradition the church is necessary for salvation no, it's not.
2: No, it's not. <laughs> Therein lies the bondage.
0: Exactly. Yep. <clears throat> um, okay, all sins are purified by the blood of Jesus. Not just the mortal ones, not just the, the ones we confess. All sins, when you believe in the Lord Jesus, He He forgives you. Simple concept. But here you have to go through this purification and purgatory. You've got to make sure. I sure hope the relatives back back on Earth are doing some masses for me, so I can get out of this place pretty soon. You know, it's just crazy. Uh, the saints and the uh, priests. That I don't know about you guys. That really drives me when I see this big pomp and ceremony when they when they. The hierarchy of the church somehow declares somebody a saint. They go through all of this. You know, the world loves it. They eat it up. It's something they can put on People Magazine and whatever. It's just, um, we know who saints are. Us. The ones that, not because of us, it's because of Christ. Amen. The priesthood, too. The, you know, we're all members of the priesthood we don't have a special priesthood a sacerdotal priesthood that somehow um you know you have to go to this priest to get baptized you got to go to him to get you know to get communion they they have to bring Christ down from heaven and put him into this little wafer so we can receive him and that that somehow is, is supposed to uh to to in, infuse us with grace with God's grace through that um, it's, Dan, all, it's all baloney. Bob Sorry. and
2: Eric have taught there are no higher order Christians. Right. And that's something that you emphasize in your teaching. We're all ordinary Christians
0: and it's extraordinary. Exactly. So, um, again, the Lord's Supper is a memorial. It's not a re-sacrifice of Christ. It's blasphemous. Um, they claim that the, uh, the sacrifice of Christ Two thousand years ago, and the sacrifice of the Eucharist, are one single sacrifice. It's this. It's this mystical. You know, it's it's taking what Christ did two thousand years ago, bringing it up today. They're making it. You know, they're making it accessible to us through the 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 process of the priest. And it's 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 it is finished. Christ said, that's what he said. Yeah. Mike, so you got the mic. A mic for Mike.
6: I was uh, attending a Catholic funeral um, not too long ago, and I was paying close attention to the uh, blessing or whatever it is when they were when they were doing the transubstantiation. Now they actually turn their back, you know, and right. they do their secret words, you know, that the congregation can't hear. And, and part of that, I'm getting a little bit off track here. They use the word, and Bob, you can confirm this, but they use some kind of Latin that sounds where we get our word, like hocus pocus, yeah, from, exactly, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. magic. They go yeah. and, and they turn her back, and they do it's some a little hocus different pocus. Than hocus pocus, but it sounds like yep. it. yeah, and yeah, and, t- yeah, and, it, yeah. And, it, and it turns into actual uh, yeah. uh, flesh and blood right. of Christ. But I was listening to him when he was reading the institutions, and he sa- he said instead of the sacrifice that has been done, he, he, the priest of the sacrifice that will be done. Mm-hmm. You know um, yeah. right yeah. They, they sacrifice Christ, they resacrifice sacrifice him, I guess it 's like two hundred and fifty thousand times a day when you, okay. worldwide yeah. you know yeah. and I read
0: too you know when they, when the when the priest will or the the, the big wafer that they have they 'll break it. Christ is contained in every little piece of that, so in other words, if a that 's why you have like when I was an altar boy, you have these little patents you keep under of uh, you know the communicant's uh, chin, in case it would drop. You don't want to drop God on the ground. You know that—that's that, really what the—that's what the mm-hmm. doctrine t- tells you. It's—it's it's actually Jesus, and and it, anyway, it's uh, Dan. Well,
3: I got we, a quick thing to sure. say. Yeah. I appreciate what Peg was saying. I just got an email last week from somebody who noted that I actually got on the radar of a Catholic apologist, and they were. They found my article on Sola Scriptura and were outraged about it. Mm, yeah. And the suggestion was that I'm afraid of tangibility. Okay, so in other words, I'm motivated by fear. Well, that's an ad hominem argument. Mm-hmm. How do they know I have fear? Maybe I just believe the Bible. Peg, hey, you got it exactly right. It's not that we don't believe in tangibility. No. We believe that Christ came bodily. Right. And And bodily died and tangibly bodily was raised from the dead and that he bodily ascended into heaven and that he's bodily coming again. The difference is their tangibility is all this stuff that they do. Mm -hmm. Rather than Christ being seated at the right hand of God and we believe the promises, Christ has to be in the way for Christ. Christ We can't believe the heavenly truth and then therefore they have unbelief because Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 Define faith find as faith. belief in things not seen. Amen. Yep. That's good.
0: All right. Okay, this is a big issue too. If we pervert the gospel, we Galatians one six through nine, that's let let the one who, who preaches another gospel be eternally condemned, or anathema. Um, So I guess that's where we can't compromise with with that issue. It can't be a compromise. Uh, The gospel is the gospel. There is no other gospel. If someone says it it is a gospel, then it adds anything to the gospel. (laughs) It's not the gospel.
2: In essence, they're anathematizing themselves, aren't they? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly, but they, I don't know what they do with that verse. <clears throat> um, and again, this, these next series of slides are all about Jesus, and that's what we have to always remember. This is what we're here for. It's not about to win debates or whatever. We're here to praise and worship our Savior. I we haven't even touched on Mary, and I, I don't want to be disrespectful to, you know, the biblical Mary is a wonderful person, but the Mary that Rome has concocted is not the Mary of Scripture. How, how, how dare they say that you can pray to Mary? Um, millions of people around the world can pray to this, this created being up in heaven, and she can hear all everybody's prayers at the same time. It's, it's, a, it's just, it's illogical. But that's what, that's what this power of this system does to you. It, you. You lose rationality because this is the way it's always been. So, Got a question? Yeah. Sorry.
4: I can't keep my mouth shut on some of no, these things. That's right. um, you know, back to that, um, you know, Mary is mediator, Mary is omniscient, Mary is sinless. They have given Mary... <coughs> Um, The Attributes of God, which is highly blasphemous. Uh, blasphemous. They don't see that, but they've taken what's Christ and they've given it to Mary. And um, you can argue with them, but there's something about the feminine presence there that they're really attracted to as opposed to an authoritarian male God. So they've created the goddess.
0: Co-redeemer, co Yeah, She's got all sorts of titles. Back
4: to the ecumenical... Uniting that we see going on around us, I remember reading early on Second John 10, where it says, "You know, if anyone comes with another gospel, don't even greet them in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, do not, you know, don't don't even give them a hello, because right. <laughs> basically, by uniting with them, you become a partaker of their evil deeds. Right. And um, I mean, that's a pretty strong warning mm-hmm. that people seem to ignore. Right. So." Um, I mean, clearly it says, don't, right. don't, not, not only don't unite with them in spiritual endeavors, but it's saying, you know, right. separate from right. this. Yeah.
0: And that's where you don't want to come across as some kind of legalistic, uh, oh, you're far superior than everybody else. That's not it at all. It's about the gospel. It's about
5: the truth.
2: Dan, one comment, too. In studying the new catechism, when I came across the word co-redeemer, I couldn't believe what I was reading. But that is Catholic teaching, that Mary was a co-redeemer. And I never knew that even as a Catholic. So I was shocked to discover that even in their new catechism. So that opened my...
1: And and I would add that that, guys... Agree, disagree, I'm uh, very interested. I, my first theology class at St. John's, they asked us to raise our hands, what did you want to learn? Would you show me how to find Mark 5, 8? I didn't know how to do it. I'm not going to speak for all Catholics, but we did not read the Bible. We didn't. So it was foreign because if you do read it the truth the truth will come out
0: right and i know we're we're kind of running short bob but i i i kind of wanted to get to the uh i'm going to skip by some of these it's in your handout too the doctrine of jesus in so many different fashions how he's far superior than this catholic system but um I just wanted to get to this chart kind of at the end and then one last thing two different gospels it should be like I might even be on your back page I think um the gospel of grace versus the gospel of the roman catholicism and we won't I'll, I'll just let you look at that and this is where the difference is kind of in a nice little chart here and Again, I owe all of these things on this PowerPoint to a couple of old tracks that I found from Mike Gendron. And he, he again he's been a wonderful um he, in fact he came to TCF, you know, back years and, and I was able to meet him personally and, and uh and another gentleman, Richard Bennett, is just a wonderful guy. Um but these things are, are things that we have to to show how the Gospel of grace is different from the Gospel of Rome, and um, I would encourage everybody to to again some of these things we've covered, but just if you if if you've got questions on any of this, um, I'm definitely not a <laughs> theologian or scholar, um, but something about this is just you know, just something I'm very interested in and uh, especially with, with the fact that I got a lot, of, lot still in the, in the system and it's like, you know, um, um, I, I, I enjoy not the debate, I enjoy talking about the gospel and, and when I see a, a system like this that has so much attention to it, I, I get, I get, you get mad, you get really angry and it's it's some things i probably say that i shouldn't and i think i've gotten better that way but it's like um anyway i just uh, i would encourage anyone to if they have any questions about catholicism i i can try to answer them or or uh um and i i would also hope if if there's some people here that would like to start any kind of a a group or or uh uh you know people that that would like to have more information about Catholicism, I'd certainly be open to that. You know, on a on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday or whatever. Um, I just want to go to this final um, these questions that we wanted to talk about real quick. Um, some things you may want to talk to a, a Roman Catholic about. Are you sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? Do you? You know do you know what god 's righteous judges judges justice demands for all sin that's a that 's a big one. none of us can get to heaven without having the imputed right of, uh, righteousness of Christ applied to our account and that is critical um, and then this whole thing about purgatory, knowing that Christ paid it all we don 't need some purgatory thing to to uh to blow it off for us, to, to, uh, to burn off the sin in our lives. Let's, let's finish with prayer. Uh, Father? Dan, there's one oh, yeah, question, I guess. Just... Yeah.
4: just a real quick one for people who were not raised in the Catholic system. Um, the venial sins, can you give me some examples?
0: <sighs> oh, probably like lying. Yeah, lying and stealing. Yeah. Oh, is that right? So, okay. (laughs) So I would have been okay. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, we went over a little bit, so I apologize for that. But Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this fellowship. Thank you uh, for the grace that you've given us. Um, I just praise you for for the Lord Jesus Christ, for his salvation that he's given to us. It's unexplainable, but we just praise you for that. Please be with us as we go out into the world. Help us to witness the gospel to others. We know that the time is short, Lord. Judgment's coming. Just this last Wednesday, I heard the sirens go off for the test, and I always think about the coming judgment and what it's going to be like, Lord. I just pray that you give us boldness to get the message out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dan.